We are in a sermon series right now called The Power of the Holy Spirit in Ordinary Time. It's been wonderful. Uh, We took a little bit of a detour last week with the Asha presentation, but we're going to get back on the topic today. And so would you welcome Sarah? Hello. Hey. Hi, everybody. Well, like John said, my name is Sarah. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my pleasure to speak with you all today as we continue this series that I'm really excited about. I want to give you a little recap on what we've covered so far during this series. A couple of weeks ago at our All Together service, uh, I talked about ordinary time, because that's part of our title, The Power of the Holy Spirit in Ordinary Time. And we went over the church calendar or the liturgical calendar, and this green space is called ordinary time on the church calendar. And what it is, is it's the time that isn't the big feast celebration preparation time in the church, like Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter, Eastertide, Pentecost. Those are special times. And then all of the rest green is ordinary time when ordinary life is going on right now we're in ordinary time so we're going to be talking about how the holy spirit is active and present and how we can notice she's at work during the ordinary times the regular everyday life now caroline kicked off the series with two stories to set up this idea of the the power of the holy spirit The first was from the first chapter of Mark, where it was after Jesus' baptism at the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And the key verse we talked about was, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. And then the second story that she referenced is from Mark chapter 15 when the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And here's that key verse. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Then we took a look at a diagram of the temple after the curtain was torn into two and the Holy Spirit's presence rushed out to meet people where they were, crossing all kinds of dividing things, divisions, sex. She rushed out to meet everyone and still does right where they are. And I love this because it's not that the curtain's been torn in two and you don't have just someone in a throne saying, okay, you can approach me now. It's the power of the Holy Spirit rushing towards people to be where they are. And I love that. And as we were had our Asha Sunday, yes, our last week, I, I saw that in action. You know, we've been visiting 
what Asha is doing in the slums of Delhi for the past five years. And every time we go, I see evidence of this. I see Holy, Spin Holy Spirit fingerprints all over the place. Everywhere we look, we see pictures like these women here who are experiencing hope, joy, love, connection like never before. And we see this power of the Holy Spirit interacting with Muslims, Sikhs, Hindus, Jains, and even Christians. It's quite amazing. And the most beautiful things are happening. So for a lot of us, our basic ideas of what God's like and how God works are formed early in our life. And what shapes these ideas aren't always sermons or lessons, but sometimes songs, stories, and music. When I was three, I think I was three, if I remember correctly, a particular song really stuck with me, and it shaped how I saw God and how I interacted with him. And I remember singing it at Sunday school. <clears throat> oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. There's a father up above, and he's looking down in love. So be careful, little mouth, what you say. Now, there's four other verses that I won't sing for you. But the opening lines are, be careful, little feet, where you go. Be careful, little hands, what you do. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. And as I sang all five verses... I was saying 15 times, be careful, God is watching you. <laughs> this song was powerful. It creeped into my psyche and shaped me. And what I was really saying was, and what I really believed, oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. There's a father up above, and he'll smush you like a bug. So be careful, little mouth, what you say. So after I forgot about this song and never thought about it anymore, I still carried that impression with me. And years later, as an adult... I believed that God's love was shown to me by him keeping an eye on me, watching me, ready to correct me or punish me for my mistakes. And it hindered my ability to recognize God's loving presence in my life. Because when we feel like we might get squished like a bug when we do wrong, then we often associate negative events in our lives with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we think he's teaching us a lesson. Or maybe we haven't been careful enough 
And it's not easy to undo these impressions. Here's what happened to me. So I remember a moment about five years ago. I was on a spiritual retreat, and I was in the Midwest, and I was talking to people, and they were telling me about their experiences with God and prayer times that they had had. And I just felt like I, I didn't feel the same way. Like, I don't think I've experienced God's love the way that you have. You know, every story that I heard, I just felt like, you know, why don't I just understand and comprehend God's love? And the more stories I heard, the more that just was really standing out to me. So later that night, I was in my hotel room, and I was sitting on the bed, and I was drinking a glass of wine, and I was thinking about my day, and I started to talk to God, and I said, you know, God, could you help me understand how you feel about me? And right then, wouldn't you know it, a little song emerged from the back of my mind, and it was this. guys recognize that song? You know, I started laughing when I first heard this song. Is it possible that God was saying that God would walk 500 miles and 500 more just to walk a thousand miles in order to be at my door? Was this cheesy pop song from 1990s being used to redefine how God feels about me. Was God replacing the be careful song with the I would walk 500 miles? I think so. The Holy Spirit breaks through our barriers in sometimes the most surprising ways to meet us right where we're at. Because God delights in who we are right now. So this morning, I want to lead you in three exercises to help you connect with God right here and right now. They're not complicated. They don't require any prior experience. Just a willingness to give it a try. So first, we're going to reflect on a short passage that talks about our journey through life and how God's loving presence is with us every step of the way. I'm going to read Psalm 23. This is a passage written 3,000 years ago. And for centuries, people have found comfort and hope in these words. As I read it out loud, try to imagine yourself walking 
the journey of your life surrounded by and filled with the presence of God. In your mind's eye, just picture yourself walking through the valleys and the hills surrounded by God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's just sit with those words for just a few seconds. Now let's read it together as a community from the beginning. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, what is the word or words or images that really stay with you after thinking about that passage. Take a moment to make a mental note or maybe jot it down. Now we're going to move on to a second way to notice and experience God. As we enter a season of becoming more sensitive to the presence of the Holy Spirit around us, learning to turn toward her when we sense her presence, saying yes to her movement in us, a prayer practice called the examine is a great exercise to help us along. The examine is an ancient prayer practice. It comes down to us from St. Ignatius, and it's been used for centuries. It consists of prayerfully looking back at the past day or week with God's help and notice where God has been at work. Now, the examine is really helpful because 
we tend to overlook things. It's human nature to forget. The things that happened yesterday are quickly forgotten in the busyness of today. And the examine helps us to be aware, not simply where God was, but where God is. It's easiest to see God most times in retrospect. So before we start this prayer practice, I just want to get out there the dirty little secret of spiritual life. And it's to recognize that everyone thinks that someone else or everyone else closes their eyes in prayer and has their heads filled with mystical contemplations and delights and spiritual fruits. And that our prayer is, eh. We all have doubts about our spiritual life, like I did in the hotel room. But I'm here to tell you that everyone struggles with prayer. Everyone struggles with finding time for prayer. Everyone feels like their prayers don't work or aren't effective or they don't do it enough. That's the dirty little secret of spiritual life. So let's set that aside. We've exposed it now. And try this without worrying if you're going to do it right or if it's going to work. But just give it a try. I'm going to lead you through the exam and prayer, and we'll look over the past week. We're going to take it slow and easy. This is a time for you to settle in and to relax and to do something that you may not have time for in your day. We're going to take 10 minutes to do this, so get very comfortable in your chair, okay? Now, I'm going to lead you through with verbal cues. There won't be anything on the screen. So if you want to close your eyes and do this because it will help you focus, feel free, but you don't have to. I'm going to be setting up the topics for you to pray about and to reflect on, and then we're going to give space for you to respond to those as you feel led. Okay, so if you feel comfortable, you can close your eyes, and we'll begin. So start by getting comfortable in your chair. Relax. Let the tensions of today and the past week slip away. Breathe deeply, noticing your inhale and your exhale. Remember that you are in the presence of God who rejoices that you've come here now, no matter how distracted or forgetful you may have been. to help you reflect on the past week. Focus in particular on things you're grateful for. 
allow this past week to gently surface focus on how it's been for you don't choose what you think you should be grateful for but rather see what emerges what you notice even slightly and as you notice it emerging allow gratitude to take hold of you express this to God who in this moment is looking at you with great love so that when you look back at the week, you'll be able to see where God was working in the things that have happened. Ask God to show you what God wants you to see. the events of the week this time ask the Holy Spirit to show you where God's presence has been in your life either in you or in others close to you or in life around you remember the people you met the things that have happened on the whole was it a good or a bad time was it normal or unusual in some way? Whom did you meet? Was there anything surprising? Does anything special come to mind? What events in your life and surroundings are standing out to you now?
emotions. What interior events were significant for you? How did you feel in everything that happened? Notice what stands out even slightly. Maybe joy, pain, turmoil, an increase in love, anger, peace, isolation. Maybe you had a good week and were really happy. What caused your feelings and did they change? you are being drawn by God's spirit where do you feel God trying to lead you so now express thanks for the times you cooperated with God when you felt you were working together and perhaps sorrow for the times you may be gotten in the way express what needs to be expressed praise sorrow gratitude a desire for change, intercession. life particularly need God's help. Ask God for your needs for the coming week. Maybe you want to celebrate in some way, to overcome something, to be more sensitive to God in your own environment, or to let go or to deal with some issue, to be open to change in some area or to make decisions. Our loving God is longing to help us. Take time now to express your needs.
As we emerge from this examined prayer, let's say together the words on the screen. Glory be to the Holy One, and to Christ, and to the Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So now you've experienced the examined prayer. And if this intrigues you, there is an abbreviated five-step version in your program. And also under resources, there's a website, Pray As You Go, and they have audio examines, just like I did for you, for at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at lunchtime. They have examines for children and for youth. And maybe you're going to want to download one of these on your phone. And this week, on your commute home at the end of the day, you could do the examine prayer. So, so far, we've looked at Psalm 23, reflected on that. We walked through the examine, had time to chat with God about our past week. And spiritual exercises not only help us look inward and upward, but they help us look outward as well. So we're going to end by praying for the world around us. You may have wondered what this table is all about this morning. So maybe while doing the examine, someone came to mind and you'd like to pray for them. Or maybe it's really been on your heart, uh, these the hurricanes and the storms and the flooding and the typhoon. Maybe you would like to take time this morning to pray for people who've been suffering. Maybe there's an issue going on in the world that you would really love to pray for God's spirit to rush in and bring peace and love. So our third and final exercise is to light a candle and pray for someone or something in our world and invite God's loving and powerful presence into the situation. This process of getting out of your seat and lighting the candle makes our prayers intentional. We could just pray there in the seat and God would still hear us. But I think when we take the effort and move up here, something really happens in us with our intentions. So I had imagined that we would light them and that it would be super easy. But these lighters aren't. So I'm going to show you how to do it. I have to use my stomach and press it to get it lit. And then you hold the candle up and light it and put it back down. But this whole process can be a part of your prayer. So God, as I pray for my aunt, I pray that you would be with her, that she wouldn't feel alone, that she would feel your loving presence with her. Amen. So that's the process. You can say your prayers to yourself. You don't have to say them out loud. And while they're playing some music, feel free to come up here Light a candle and say a prayer.